Today, you are listening to Think Again Christian, where pop culture and Christian traditions collide with biblical truth. Sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, pastor of Ravensdale Bible Church and superintendent of Rainier Christian Schools, Tony Jamie. Rethinking and re-examining concepts, ideas, traditions, beliefs in our culture and the Christian circles that we live in. One of the things that I love to do is to actually think about uh, the movies that I'm watching. And even more particular, having five children, I want them to think about the movie that we just watched. It's, you know, I'm not trying to be a killjoy, right? And, uh, I mean, I do let my kids watch movies. Um, you know, we do, you know, have limits and limitations on what they can can watch. But, um, you know, it's it, it's a difficult thing. It's a diff- difficult thing. Um, uh, choice of which movies they can watch. And certainly, you know, you've never seen that movie. And, and so you have an idea or maybe a really good friend recommended it to you. And so you say, okay, and it's got, you know, a PG rating. And and yet, you know, I'm actually find myself more and more, um, I guess, offended by by the subtle um, messages in, in movies. You know, one, one of the, my favorite movies is uh, My Fair Lady. And, you know, it's a musical and it's long and you would think, oh, wow, you have a problem with My Fair Lady. Well, for me, the stumbling block with that movie, which is where the most of the movie is the setting, which is in the professor's office and his office is spectacular. I mean, his office is like bigger than most people's houses. And he's got like three, four stories of, of books. You know, it's a library office. And for me, I lust for that. I mean, that would be just heaven on earth, right? To, I guess, lock myself in a room and hang out with, uh, you know, one of my buddies and we can just read and talk. And um, that's not good for me. Uh, Again, not saying that, you know, My Fair Lady is a, you know, an evil movie or anything. But for me, it, 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 it speaks to a craving and a desire that's not necessarily a good thing. You know, the desire to just not be with family and friends and other people, but to be more alone and just reading books um, uh, and having no outflow, uh, rather just having inflow. Well, one of the reasons why I wanted to do Think Again Christian is to be able to kind of talk about some of these movies and, and just kind of look at them. And, and one of the movies that's, uh, um, that's my favorite movie, and I'll get to that in a second, but I, I, I was thinking, you know, what's, what's your favorite movie, right? Do you like old classic movies or some of the new ones? You know, you think of things like Wizard of Oz or Citizen Kane. Uh, maybe Ben-Hur or Singing in the Rain, uh, Star Wars, Casablanca. Well, mine is It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. And, and from the very first time that I watched it uh, as, as a child, and, and I don't know, maybe the 20, 30 times I've seen it since, it, it's always had a, a huge impact on me. And, and it's changed. And the, the impact is, has been different from the different times that I've watched it. And so... Today, I just want to—I want to look at this from a you know a very positive side, actually. To, to say, um, look, I want to look at three ways that that I actually uh, identify with George Bailey, the the main character in the movie, and and hopefully share with you a, a vision of hope, a vision of hope that uh, for your life, so that so that you can see how wonderful of a life you have. It's a wonderful life. But I would add, in Christ Jesus. And I think that's why a lot of people struggle with realizing how awesome and amazing their life is, because a lot of people don't have Jesus Christ. And for those of us who do have the Lord, it is an amazing life. It is a spectacular life. And 
And, and, and we need to be reminded of that sometimes because as we live, life is hard. There's, there's tragedy in life. There's bills to pay in life. Uh, there's car accidents. There's, you know, roofs leak and, you know, lawns need to be mowed and, and people that we love get sick and hurt and die. And so life is, is not easy, and, and sometimes it uh, uh, becomes uh, an easier thing to just focus on the tragedy or the trial. Well, first, you know, if, if, if you have, you know, maybe you've been living under a rock or, you know, in a cave somewhere and you've never seen It's a Wonderful Life because it comes on every single year, and most people have. But I understand some people might not have seen uh, the movie, but uh, it, it's a story based on a man whose his name is George Bailey, who's frustrated with his life as he, as he battles this, really this personal contentment. Finally, he decides that uh, his life is actually worth more dead than alive uh, uh, because he's got this insurance policy, right? And, and so he's, he's on a bridge and he's looking over the railing. He's getting ready to, 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 to jump in the river. And just before jumping, he cries out to the Lord. And that's actually how the movie starts. And it's a very interesting uh, it, it gets me from the very beginning in the movie because it's black and it's it's supposed to be the stars and and as God and 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 um, you know angels are are talking and communicating the stars kind of light up right it gives you that that idea that hey the heavenlies are out there right and they are watching and observing what's taking place uh, on Earth and as George Bailey's praying and thinking as though like the Israelites in Egypt right. You know, they pray, but nobody's listening. Nobody hears when the reality is God is listening and God does hear. And it's just like in, in Daniel when, when you know, the, the prayers are going up and it's like, well, where are you, God? And it's like, well, we've been in battle. We've actually been in battle. Um, and sometimes we just don't think of it that way. But as George is praying, God responds by sending him an angel in training. Of course, we don't believe in that that angel in training, but you know, it's a movie. Um, and in order to convince George that his life is, is worth living, uh, the angel shows George what the world would be like without him. And so it's kind of got that, uh, you know, Christmas Carol, you know, overtone where he's going to go back and, and take a look at, at certain vignettes of his life. And so for example, George Bailey, uh, has this amazing impact that extends not only in his own small town local community, but beyond. See, one of the events that happens is as, as a child, he, he saves his brother's life. They're, they're playing on the pond and the pond's frozen over and, and his brother, you know, skids a little too far, goes into the water and is drowning and is going to die. And George goes in and, and saves his brother's life. Um, now, the ramification of that is his brother grows up to be a great war hero. Uh, he's, he's a fighter pilot who, sa- who saves uh, a whole ship from being destroyed because a, a plane is getting ready to crash into it. And so hundreds of lives are saved because of George Bailey's brother. But really, the hundreds of lives are saved because George Bailey saved his brother. And so we see the effect uh, that, that George's life had. We also see in another example that, you know, as George is a, is a youth and he's the delivery boy that is, his boss is, is fixing the prescriptions, uh, but his boss is, is just in agony because he just found out that his son had died in, in war through a telegram. And so he's, he's prescribing, he's putting in the, the wrong pills, right, the wrong drugs to give to somebody. And George happens to notice it and just doesn't seem right to him. So uh, 
he runs to his dad, tries to get his dad's advice, but his dad's too, you know, too busy at the time. So then he returns back to the pharmacy. And by that time, you know, calls have, have come in. Where's, where's the pills? People are sick. And, and, and the clerk is just outraged at George because he didn't deliver the pills on time. But, but George knew something was wrong and he brings it to his attention. He discovers that actually, um, the pharmacist had prescribed something that would have been poisonous and very dangerous. And so he saved somebody's life again. Um, and even more importantly, we find through this movie, the ramifications were Mr. Gower was going to go to prison for this event and then become the town drunk. And so he also saves Mr. Gower's life. We see again in another example that the whole town of, of Bedford Falls, as George goes back to it and, and is walking through the, the town, the entire landscape that looked like, you know, a, a nice little town from, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, something that you would, you would see in an old black and white TV show, you know, where Opie grew up, you know, Newberry, right? And uh, instead of that town, now we see a little mini Vegas and it's, it's, you know, full of corruption and gambling and, and people that he knew that were nice people are, are now not so nice. And because George's involvement with the local town during the Depression, he ends up saving the town from a complete change. And that's because of one man, the, the villain of the movie, Mr. Potter, who's the, the rich and wealthy man. And, 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 and George actually has an interaction with him in which, uh, you know, Mr. Potter finds George's money that, that he's uh, getting ready to put into the bank and he keeps it for himself. Even though he knows that George uh, has lost the money, even though he knows it's George's money, Mr. Potter keeps that. And that's really what kind of gets the whole movie going because it's in that desperation where George realizes, I'm going to go to prison. Um, and so it'd be better if I were dead than, than go to prison. And so we see this setting for, for It's a Wonderful Life. And, and the setting revolves then again around George Bailey, who really is, is, is miserable. He's miserable. And as you're watching the movie, and especially as it, as it, as it gets started, I mean, you, you think the guy's got a pretty darn good life, right? Um, and yet for him internally, he's in, a, in an internal struggle. And we know a lot of people like that, don't we? We know people like that very close to us. We look at them every day in the mirror. And, and, and one of the main reasons why I want to talk about that, this, is because I want you to understand. I want you to understand it's a wonderful life. Your life is a wonderful life. Your life has a plan and has a purpose. And that's because you're a child of God. And that's because God uniquely and individually made you. And you know what the great thing about that is? You don't have to be somebody else. You don't have to do somebody else's job. You don't have to do somebody else's ministry. You don't have to look like somebody else, talk like somebody else, live in their house, live in their town. One of the most beautiful concepts in the Bible is, the, is this concept of we are the body of Christ. And so we, we talk about this all the time, but some are the ear, some are the eyes, some are, are the nose. What's more important? Well, none of them are more important. And so you be who you're called to be. And, and, and it's a wonderful life. That's, that's one of the things that, that, that we see in that. And so there were three 
pretty clear reasons why why I identified with George. One was, you know, I really have uh, come to identify with with George's failure. There's definitely aspects of George's life where, you know, he just feels like a failure. He's not rich and famous and he had financial struggles and and he was doing the job that he didn't really want to do, but he kind of fell into the family business. The other way I identify with George is, is in his trials. He you know, he had a, a, you know, in his childhood and saving his brother, he lost his hearing. And so it was kind of hard. And, you know, I had a sports injury as well. And uh, he felt like he was, you know, being cheated professionally by Mr. Potter. And then I also uh, identify with him because I so desperately really wanted to be the hero that George Bailey by the end of the movie is. Um, by that point of the movie, who doesn't want to be George Bailey? Everybody wants to be George Bailey by the end of the movie and who wouldn't want to be married to Donna Reed right and so when we get back we will look more at It's a Wonderful Life and how we identify with George Bailey since their small beginnings in 1963 the ministry of Rainier Christian Schools has been dedicated to educating and developing each of their students for the glory of God and it's more than just a school Rainier Christian Schools is actually an entire school district, with three schools serving the areas of Kent, Auburn, Covington, Renton, and Maple Valley. The Christ-centered environment weaves God's truth through everything they do, from top-notch academics all the way through their competitive sports programs. Learn more at RainierCSD.org or call 425-255-7273. That's 425-255-7273. Contact Rainier Christian Schools today. Welcome back. You're listening to Think Again Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, Tony Jamie. It's a Wonderful Life, my favorite movie of all time. And today we're talking about how it is a wonderful life. And it's a wonderful life because we as believers have a new life in Christ Jesus. I was just talking about how three reasons how I identify with George Bailey in this movie. One was uh, George as a failure. Two, uh, identified with George uh, in his trials. And three, identify with George as a hero. And, you know, this idea of, of, of a failure, I think a lot of us have that feeling. Well, just think for a moment, if, if most of us um, are not wealthy, rich, and famous, then, you know, that puts 97% of us as, as some kind of failure, right? Um, of course, we, most of us don't think in terms of the global economy, which puts any American in the top 10% of the world's economy, which means we're actually all wealthy and rich. Um, probably haven't really thought of it that way. Um, but, you know, I... I've come to identify with, with George in, in a lot of ways, you know, as the failure. You know, I've, I've had businesses that didn't go the way I wanted them to go. I had partnerships that uh, turned on me and, you know, we lost a lot of money because of those partnerships. I have other businesses that seem to have had a, an amazing model and yet just couldn't get off the ground. I was in marketing and advertising for 15 years when really I wanted to be full-time in Christian ministry. And that whole time I was in actual agony, feeling as though I was letting my God down, feeling as though when I stood before the throne of, of God that he would look at me and, and, and almost turn his head and 
because I wasn't doing what I was called to do. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not speaking to, to you necessarily. Um, you know, the, the, the Lord needs ditch diggers too, right? And policemen and, and people in, in the community. But for me, I knew that the Lord was calling me into full-time ministry. From, from day one when I read the scriptures, it screamed out to me, now go teach somebody else. And so I felt like, like a failure. I also uh, have identified through the through those trials with George, and and because I just felt so unsatisfied, so unfulfilled, so discontent, and then deep down, desperately, I I just knew that that there was something else that that I was made for, and and something that was bigger and and better, and and more important than just you know selling advertising or um, you know you know building a business for money. And so, you know, I had a great desire, like, like, like George Bailey, the, the family business was actually uh, getting people home loans so that they could afford to, to buy their own home. Uh, this was in a time before there was, you know, all kinds of mortgage companies and, you know, different methods of borrowing where you only had one way. And is that if you didn't have a bunch of cash, you weren't ever going to own a home. And so the, the Bailey building alone would actually, in essence, give people an opportunity to just buy into uh, their own home with very, very little down. And I thought, man, I would love to be in that business. I would love to help poor people to be able to, to raise their children in, in their own community, in their own, their own town. And, and a lot of that was fulfilled in me when I was working with Seattle's Union Gospel Mission and we we're able to help, you know, uh, feed, clothe, and, and shelter people throughout the Seattle area. And I, and I just, I love that aspect of it. Uh, I also wanted to be a hero in, in going beyond George Bailey. I want to spread the gospel. I mean, uh, you know, food, clothing, and shelter is one thing, but without the gospel, it, it's incomplete. And so, you know, the Lord had put upon me to, to be a preacher and, and, you know, just have that opportunity to preach the gospel to those who've, who've never heard or those who, whose hearts are hardened. And, and I've been able to do that. And that's just been the, the thrill and the highlight of my life. And then finally, I want, I, you know, I want to, who, who doesn't want, you know, the Donna Reed doe eyes looking up at you as the wife just being so proud of their husband? Uh, every husband, whether they know it or not, that's what they want. That's what they want. And so women, ladies out there, um, go home and, and, and tell your husband that, that they're your hero, that they're your champion. They're dying to hear that. And husbands, you find a way to tell your wives how important and how awesome and how you do it all for them. And so It's a Wonderful Life has just taken on a, a lot of personal um, application for me. And, and, and what I want to get across today, too, is, is, we, is we just, you know, we're, we're here for a reason, right? We're, we're here to rethink how we think, how we think about our life, how we think about, um, you know, the way life is going and using this movie, It's a Wonderful Life, to do that. And so I want to talk a little bit about the idea of discontentment. See, at the heart of George's frustration was the feeling of, of coveting what others had and being discontent about his situation. So, so let's think again about the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, right? The, the pillars of, of the faith. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. That's, that, that's how we memorized it, right? Well, think again. What does the passage actually say? Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife or thy neighbor's servant or thy neighbor's donkey slash Volvo or, 
or anything. The, the proper way to memorize that, that verse is thou shalt not covet anything. Well, how we've missed the boat on that one. I mean, how often do we just look across the, the street and fall into all sorts of problems? We see the other guy's house, the other guy's car, the other guy's riding lawnmower, right? Uh, his 3.5 kids. And, and we just become very discontent even though he's probably looking across at you with the binoculars, thinking the same thing about you, ironically. In Philippians 4, Paul uh, encourages, encourages us, or tries to anyway, in that he, he says, I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret of contentment, whether with a little or with a lot, to, 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 to be content. And so think about what occupies your time. Do you really spend a lot of time, I mean, look, be, be, be honest now, coveting what, what others have or serving others? Um, are, are you one that tends to be grateful and thankful about what you have or one that tends to be just discontent and always wishes there was something better? Think about your life, your church, your, your impact your purpose, your family. Ironically, driving over here, a, a friend of mine had, had called me and, and he was just feeling very, very frustrated about where, where he's at. And, and he went to, to uh, visit a friend at work and he's just, just, it was at Amazon. And, and, and as he was there, he just, he saw something that, that made him even more discontent. And he just, what he saw was a group of people that he thought to himself, I, I should be teaching the gospel to them. And, and I have a way to do that, and I know how to do that, and I have a, a ministry, and I'm not doing that, and he's very discontent about that. And I was trying to encourage him that, you know what, it, it's exciting for me to hear that he actually has purpose, he has a plan, he has goals, and I told him, you just need to do it. And he said, well, you know, me and, and a couple of friends, you know, we're, we're actually in prayer about this. And, and I said, no, I, I just answered your prayer. Go do it. You've presented the plan to me. There's a need. Here's a plan. You're the answer. Um, and so sometimes we just, you know, we're, we're, we're held back because of our, of our coveting and discontentment issues because we just think other people do it better. Now, the, the Lord made you, the Lord made you special and unique. And, and don't get into the numbers game, okay? The numbers game, that, that, that's a bad pattern. I, I've been so uniquely blessed by the Lord to put me at Ravensdale Bible Church, which is a very, very small church, and, and and my heart has been has been transformed by by the people of my church. They've been a blessing to me. They're teaching me in their life, and I couldn't imagine uh, being at a at a bigger church. It's not, and it would not have been a better church. At Rainier Christian Schools, I'm I'm surrounded by people who actually they they get this concept of having purpose and 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 a plan and and. and and, and that purpose is found in Christian education. And so I'm surrounded by these heroes. I mean, our staff of teachers, they dedicate their lives to preaching and teaching Jesus Christ to students every single day through Christian education. And yet, for most of them, they don't think of themselves as doing anything really spectacular or special. Um, and yet they are. They, they, they're the greatest missionaries or, or ambassadors for Christ that I know. I can't think of 
of, of better ambassadors for Christ. I mean, just imagine if you were called to go to the mission field in Uganda, it might take you three, four, five years to learn the language before you were actually effective. And yet my teachers day one are on the campus preaching and teaching Christ. Now there's no fame. There's no great rewards. It's low pay. Uh, there's no future security. And, and many don't even get to see the fruit of their labor uh, in their classrooms. And yet they're willing to make the sacrifice to be that positive George Bailey, that positive influence. And, and, and you know, hopefully someday when we're in heaven, we get to replay it all and we get to actually see the, the ramifications. And if I could pray a, a special prayer or blessing, I would pray that all my teachers get to see that in their world and see all those children that they planted seeds and they made an impact. But better than George Bailey, because George Bailey did not have any spiritual significance, is a spiritual impact that you can have just in raising your own children, just in having an amazing marriage that is an example to others, just by being the best Christian boss and and, and setting a new tone for what that standard is. And I would strongly encourage that some of you even consider a, a career in Christian education or, or serving a Christian school or, or financially blessing a Christian school so Christian schools can carry that baton. See, the last time I watched It's a Wonderful Life, um, and I do this every Chris, Christmas now and with my family, I, I couldn't believe how much that the movie actually just nails me to the core. See, I like to think that I've got it all under control. I mean, after I'm on the radio and I'm talking about it, but I was reminded last time of how much I still struggle with these same issues, discontentment, coveting, and not really appreciating how wonderful my life is because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. I mean, heck, at worst, you and I are desperately sick sinners who were spared the pit of hell because of the blood of Christ. I mean, that makes that a wonderful life already. But if that doesn't solidify how wonderful your life in Christ is, then, then really nothing will. So remember, so a man thinketh he is. Think again, Christian. You've been listening to Think Again, Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools and Tony Jamie. Rainier Christian Schools serves preschool through high school with three locations in the Renton, Maple Valley, Covington, Kent, and Auburn areas. For more information about Rainier Christian Schools, www.rainiercsd.org or call 425-255-7273.